you know, one of the things that that was brought up in that article was the fact that, you know, the fact that um, Cam Newton got hit a lot and he got hit in ways that it would have been penalties. Um, it would have been penalties years ago or even even now with guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, guys who don't who aren't necessarily running around and, you know, in, in the pocket or running outside the pocket. And, and I think she makes a, a, a really good point with that, because a lot of times guys, guys who are mobile quarterbacks, especially African-American mobile quarterbacks, don't get those those kinds of protections. And I think that it's um, and I think that, you know, there, there, there's a point to be made. And I, and I often wonder if if it's racial, if it's just a thing that the that that referees have against uh, mobile quarterbacks and all that. It, 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 but it does seem that African-American quarterbacks, those who are mobile, don't get the kinds of, I don't know, protections that say a Tom Brady or some or something like that would get if they were out there running. We have. Um, we have um, Shalice Young, Shalice Manson Young from Yahoo Sports on with us. Shalice, first of all, how are you? And thank you for being here today. I'm doing pretty well, Chris. We're, uh, you know, <laughs> we're like everybody else. I live up in Boston, and um, it's it's interesting. My yeah. husband and I have have four kids. Um, one's a, one's an adult, so he kind of comes and goes as he pleases. But our three daughters. Um, but as of next week, they will all be doing, you know, online learning. And we're still both working from home, um, especially my husband, because he is the director of technology for the private school where he works. So right. he is more critical than ever right now. Um, but, yeah, we're so far so good. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yet things are still happening in the NFL. And I, I, I feel your pain on that, Edgy, because I, I, I teach at Bowie State University and I'm mm-hmm. trying to, you know, trying to get through this, this Wi-Fi signals and all this other stuff and get and keeping my students engaged and everything. But I, I, as as all that is going on, you know, life in the NFL out of all the pro sports has, has everybody has kind of shut down, you know, for the uh, duration of this uh, pandemic. Um Life in the NFL has gone on, and I know. And before I get to talking about Tom Brady, though, I was going to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about your article on on Cam Newton. You said, and I'm reading here. You said he deserved he he deserved way better than his long term relationship with the Panthers ended. And of course, you know. Um, I kind of followed Cam through the draft and followed him with the Panthers a little bit. And, um, you know, kind of talk about what you wrote about in terms of, you know, I guess wh- where you felt that was coming from. Because, um, like I said, again, I always felt that Cam coming into the league, some of the criticism he got in the draft was ridiculous. But, you know, I but that's something I've learned to respect. And well, I'm not respect, learned to expect from um, from the NFL. So from your standpoint, you know, talk about this article from from, you know, from how you saw that situation. Yeah, um, my overriding feeling was that he just deserved, he deserved to be treated better than the way he had, it, it seemed like he had been treated over the last several months of his time there. Um, you know, I'm over 40 years old, so I've been, you know, like a teenager and above for the entire, the entirety of the Carolina Panthers existence. And nobody really cared about them before he got there. I mean, they did make the playoffs, but nobody cared about the Carolina Panthers. You know, Mm -hmm. they were kind of, you know, them and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nobody was checking for them. You know, they they just, they had their color scheme and their, their font that they used. It all seemed dated from the, from the day they made it public. And, you know, we found out after, (laughs) we found out after the fact that Jerry Richardson you know, was just a terrible, he is a terrible person, but just nobody was checking for them. And they, they drafted Cam first overall in 2011. And he just changed that franchise. It seemed like just, I just feel like I know how the NFL is. Obviously You you and I have, have, have covered the NFL for a long time. And, We've seen games where the star quarterback is down on a heap in one section, 
and the backup is huddling up, you know, with the rest of the offense on a separate section of the field because it's just more important that the next snap happens than the fact that, you know, we actually pay attention to the fact that the star player might be, you know, have a 20 ACL or whatever it is. I, I know, I understand the dynamics of the league, but it just feels like certain guys, all players deserve better than to be tossed aside as they so often seem like they are. But I, I just, I, I just really feel nobody cared about the Carolina Panthers before Cam got there. Right. And it just feels like David Tepper. I, I personally, I think I was willing to give David Tepper, like as soon as he became owner, it was just, oh, well, he had said good things about Colin Kaepernick, so he must not be such a bad guy. And now it just kind of seems like quiet as kept. He might end up being a really bad owner because he, I spoke to, um, a beat writer there um, who obviously knows a lot more about the inner workings and day-to-day, and I checked in with her before I wrote my column to make sure I was on the right track, and she said, David Tepper, the owner, seemed like he's been done with Cam for months, and it took the GM a little bit longer to get on the same page, but I just, like, I don't, I, I just think he deserved a lot better. I really do. I think that he did so much for the community that we know about. He did hundreds of amazing things behind the scenes that we probably will never know about, you know, right. little kindnesses that you've seen pop up on social media, um, whether it's meeting with children or, or giving food to the homeless, like deliberately ordering extra food when he goes out to eat mm. to just as he pays, because he knows he's going to pass a homeless person on the street to make sure that they have not just a meal, you know, Cam's not eating at, at McDonald's or Burger King, like he's bringing them the same food that he just ate and and they get this wonderful meal just out of the kindness of his heart. And there, there just aren't that many NFL players, particularly quarterbacks who are like that. And I think when you have one, they deserve a lot better than to unceremoniously just be shoved aside. Right. um, The way that Cam seemingly was. Yeah, and that was, but it, it seems to me that Cam has always been, I don't know, this target for everyone since he came out of Auburn. I still mm-hmm. remember, you know, David Steele, our good buddy David Steele and I talking about the fact that when when Cam Newton was going on his on on his interviews, he said that he wanted to be an icon in sports and an icon to the community or whatever. And all these critics that we that we've probably come across in our careers all these people came at Mike Mayock, who's now the, the 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 general manager of the Raiders. You know, it was all these things challenging his intelligence and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. And it seems like, you know, Cam, in, in, in you look at his career, he's he's overcome a lot of that, right? I mean, I mean, he's I think- proven everybody wrong that, you know, he's, he's, one, he's one of the sharpest and um, best quarterbacks in the league at one point before he got before he got hurt. No, I agree completely. I think, look, the the fact that he is who he is, which is an eccentric, self-positive black man, ruffles a lot of feathers. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, lately it's been, well, look at how he dresses. Who cares how he dresses? That's true. I mean, who cares? The hats that he wears probably cost more than one of my mortgage payments. If wow. he wants to wear a custom-made hat, then let him wear the custom-made hat and let him do this and that. And, you know, he has, like, verbal foibles and things like that. But everybody does. Like, Yogi Berra is celebrated for that. But Cam Newton has to be painted as a moron. Right. He just, he isn't, you know, I heard you say it before I came on. The, the way that he plays is not like anything really that had been seen before. You know, Randall Cunningham probably played, you know, in a similar fashion, not nearly as big as Cam is. Um, but, you know, before Lamar Jackson and now maybe Lamar and and um, we start to see a change, but he is a completely different type of quarterback. But that the problem that the NFL seems to have is that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Right. Because he's different than everybody else. Was he effective? Hell yes, he was effective. Was Mm. he effective even though, you know, look at some, go through the last decade and look at some of the receiving cores he was working with. They were terrible. Outside of Steve Smith. Right. Outside, like, once, you know, he had um, the tight end. I'm drawing a blank on his. Uh, Greg Olson. Greg Greg, Olson. 
Yeah, he had him, who he's, I believe, retiring now, too. But he never consistently had two or three. But before the last couple of years, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to take take advantage of, like, McCaffrey and, and Olsen and, and that, you know, pairing together because he had been hurt so much the last couple of years. But before that, he never had a strong receiving core. You know, the offensive line, he had a couple of good players, but not a great offensive line, as you said. The, the, the referees were never protecting him. We, you can put together a 10-minute reel of hits and takedowns that Cam has taken that never drew a flag. But if a, if a defensive lineman looks funny at Tom Brady, then it's a 15-yard penalty. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a combination of, I think it's his size. I think, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I can retweet it if you want me to. But there sure. was a, a man who actually reached out to me after my column ran and he had done an academic study, um, I believe, for like a Ph.D. work showing how like black quarterbacks, what the, the use, the verbiage around them, if they celebrated differently, then they automatically became um, arrogant. Right. And it was tied. You know, the cam was the peg for it. And that's another one of the things that people had said. I really think that most Carolina fans, because let's think about the region we're talking about. Yeah. Most Carolina fans weren't real, didn't really like cam as much until the last year and a half, two years or so, when they're watching, you know, a carousel of, of half-decent quarterbacks go out there and like, wait a minute, oh, he actually was good. He actually really was effective. Look at this, you know. So mm-hmm. I just, it's, it just sucks that it's, you know, 2020, 2019, and we're still dealing with this, you know, not so thinly veiled language behind how we talk about this man like so what he doesn't do things the way that you do them you know right and how he celebrates and how he does this and and that other quarterbacks and other players do the exact same thing but for some reason like you said from the minute he came out and that draft report that said his smile was disingenuous and he was fake like ask some of the kids you know, he has a Thanksgiving event every year. Mm. And the last two years, there were over 1,200 people that Cam, and of course, he had sponsors and things like that. But they were able to have not just a sit-down Thanksgiving meal a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Every single person left with a tray to take home to have another meal on Thanksgiving proper to make sure that these families were taken care of. And Cam would walk around and interact with them and serve them and things like that. Ask one of those 1,200 people if wow. Cam is fake and disingenuous. Wow. 1,200 people, Chris. I know. That's, I know. I, I, that's I def- a lot of people. That's and true. that's one year. Hmm. That's one year. Wow. You know, he, I, just, I think it's really, I think the Panthers will be incredibly hard-pressed to find another quarterback who embraces his role and is as willing to do that as Cam Newton was in the Charlotte community. Yeah, see, and that's, you know, it's a funny thing. You know, the quarterbacks, you know, we talk about like when Ron Jaworski was here years ago, they talk about how tough a guy he was. And um, it's, it just seems to me, and I think to a certain extent, people people here aren't necessarily sold on Carson Wentz necessarily, but, you know, a guy, if it was a white guy of of Newton's, you know, experience, some of the things that he's done, the guy, the sacrifices that he puts his body through, you know, he'd be celebrated as this tough guy. I remember years ago, and this might be a little bit before your time, but I remember a guy playing the Minnesota Vikings named Joe Cap, and he took them to the Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he was just such a, a tough guy. He was just, you know, they called him Engine Joe. He was just this 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 tough guy. And it seems like to me, it seems to me that somehow you know, quarterbacks and you know, some like black quarterbacks. I look at Michael Vick when he was here. You know, they always they always they worried about his health, but at the same time, you celebrate. They people used to celebrate guys who who are willing to give up their bodies for points now. And now it's become oh wow, you know, he's making him, he's putting himself in positions where he gets hurt. Yeah, it's true. And you know, Cam, he he's such a different. You know, he's he's almost like a tight end right. played quarterback size wise. You right. know, he was I covered Gronk in with New England and he's not Cam's not quite as tall as Gronk, but you know, that kind of 
of stature, you know, being 6'5 and being 260 pounds or whatever it is, he physically, Brady's like 6'4, but he probably doesn't even weigh 210. He's just so thin. Right. Um, so it's just a different type of player. But I, you know, if you look at just his raw numbers, if you went on like, um, and looked at his just his raw his passing percentage completion percentage no it's not as high as a lot of guys and if you look at you know his, his interceptions to to touchdown ratio no it's not as high but he's the type of guy that you can't look at that and and understand like he's so much fun he made watching them fun he made plays short yardage wise you'd be hard pressed to find another player who's as effective in short yardage situations than Cam. That's so, true. you know, he and and he is tough. And that's not a word we hear ascribed to him very often. Now, you know, people have forgotten that this guy has just played through injuries constantly because he wanted to be out there for his team, because he wanted to be leading the Panthers week in and week out. And it just got to a point where he couldn't. You know, he had the shoulder surgery. They were so careful bringing him back last spring and summer in the off season, and really um, were crazy about how they counted his reps and kept him on a pitch clock and those sorts of things. And then they go out in a preseason game and he hurts his foot um, trying to elude a sack and then it just doesn't get better. Right. You know, he wanted to come back. Did they push him back? Who knows? Did he feel like he had to be back for week one? Probably. And he comes back and he just isn't the same player. And those sorts of, you know, people always want to peg guys like, Oh, he's injury prone. Well, have you watched the game of football before? Nobody leaves football without getting hurt. Nobody, it's right. not physically possible. Human bodies are not meant to do what football players put themselves through and not have wear down or anything like that. And like I said, we don't know how much the fact that he wasn't protected over the last almost decade, mm. how much that because the rest didn't protect him, Defensive players had to know that they could kind of just tee off on him and there was a much higher chance that they'd be able to get away with it. We don't know how much those hits contributed to him having the injuries that he had the last couple of years. There's no way to measure that. If he was, you know, there's a reason why you can say, oh, Eli Manning never missed a game until this year. And there's a reason why Tom Brady has only missed games, well, once for suspension, but another for a torn ACL. It's because they're protected like they're Fabergé eggs. Absolutely. Protecting Cam like that. That's we true. We don't know the accumulation of that. How much did that play a toll on him? It's probably one of those things that a year or two down the line, we'll find out that he played through broken ribs and torn cartilage, and he probably played through a litany of injuries, and maybe it did just get to be too much for him. We don't know. You right. Know? And there's just a lot to, that goes into it, and I'm hoping, hoping. as It's crazy because, you know, look who is, pegged to be the starting quarterback for them next year is Teddy Bridgewater, right? And I'm so happy to see that Teddy's getting another chance. But I I hope that Cam is 100%. You go on Instagram, you see these videos, and he's just like mm. sweating like Patrick Ewing all over his, you know, uh, exercise equipment in his home gym. And, and I hope he comes back next year, and I hope he just crushes it because he deserves so much better than what he's gotten the last couple of years. I was going to ask you, where do you think he goes? Because there, there are a lot of teams around the NFL that don't have good quarterbacks. And <laughs> I look at Jacksonville. I don't know if you want to go to Jacksonville, but I look at teams. I mean, where might he go around the league? I, I, I thought the same thing with Tom Brady, but the Chargers would be stupid if they didn't sign him. You right. know, again, Another black quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, is the one that there supposedly would be the start. He would be the starter if the season were like next week or whatever. Right. But Tyrod Taylor is not going to put butts in the seat. And no. the Chargers, the last couple of years since they moved to Los Angeles, every game they've had has been like a road game because nobody is going to see them in Los Angeles who's a Chargers fan. So if you want to spark some excitement, bring in Cam. Right. I, I just don't, you know, he's, it's not like he's just. He also he has a pedigree of winning, so I just if I'm the Chargers, I'm doing it. Um, like you you mentioned Jacksonville, I I don't know that Gardner Minshew is the answer. I know he had a couple of solid games. Um, no, I don't think he's the answer either. I just think that yeah. that's just a bad place. I'm just saying that that's that's <laughs> not a 
I don't know if I'd want to go to Jacksonville. I mean, after being in Charlotte, no, I, I wouldn't go to Jacksonville. I mean, I understand. I would. You, I would. I would have thought that that the Chicago Bears would have brought him in, brought him in in that situation, or maybe even tell well, Tampa has time. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit before before mm-hmm. we run out of time about you know is 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 the entire um, New England, Great New England area apoplectic now that that Brady is gone down to. Uh, down in Tampa? Yeah, it's been, it's, it was definitely weird. Um, and even for me, um, I have long believed that Brady would not, I, well, I, it'll sound weird to explain it this way. Five or six years ago, I was convinced he would not finish his career in New England. I just knew that Belichick would look at him and be like, nope, we're done. We're going to move on. And I'm going to, you know, he's famous for getting rid of guys right we're on the edge of falling off as opposed to once they started falling off. And so I thought that, you know, three years ago I was convinced, but I once we got to this point where they won a couple more in the last few years, he's 42, he'll be 43 in August, I thought that Robert Kraft, the owner, was going to step in and say, I don't care, he wants to play here until he's 45, where this close, let him ride it out. I really thought that this would be Robert Kraft. He really, by and large, unless it's a situation like Antonio Brown or a situation, you know, with with sexual violence or domestic violence involved, then he'll say, no, we're not keeping this player. But I thought this would be one of the times outside of that where he would step in and be like, look, he's this close. He wants to play until he's 45. Just let him. Right. I think a lot of even though the, the, the writing was on the wall. You know, Brady put his house, uh, his mansion here for sale last August during training camp, and he tried to downplay it and things like that. It definitely seemed like the writing was on the wall, but to actually, you know, watch that video or read the the statement from Brady um, where he said he was going to move on and then have him sign with the Buccaneers, um, it's been tough. You know, he was here for 20 years, and so my oldest daughter is 17, and, and she called me and she was like, wait, Brady's leaving? And I said, yeah. And she, she literally does not know the Patriots without Tom Brady. Like, her entire lifetime has been Tom Brady. In a so Patriots she doesn't uniform. remember Drew Bledsoe and, and, and no, to Steve Grogan. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You know, she yeah. was born in 2002. Um, right. She was drafted in, in 2000. So, you know, she just... And she's, she's actually an Eagles fan, because um, my husband's an Eagles fan. But, you know, I covered them for a long time, so they've been part of her life for her, you know, since she was five or six. Right. Um, but, yeah, even and even kids older than her. I mean, he was here so long that there are, there are kids in college now who were babies when they won their first Super Bowl. I mean, that's how long he was here and winning games with them. And so I think for a lot of people it, it's hard um, – and especially when you see that there's no Jimmy Garoppolo in the system. There's this guy, Jarrett Stidham, and then they re-signed Brian Hoyer to probably be the tutor for Jarrett Stidham. And it's just kind of, you know, I, I've said it a couple of times. I haven't written it yet, but I, I feel like the person who is most under the microscope during this whole situation is Josh McDaniels, because I don't think Josh McDaniels is quite as good as having Tom Brady as your quarterback um, it would lead everyone to believe. So Josh McDaniels, if he really is the genius offensive coordinator um, that people believe him to be, well, you got to prove it now because you have some guy named Jarrett Stidham who was a sixth-round pick last year um, that you need to make into a, a bona fide NFL starter. Well, I'll, I'll end I'll end this segment with this because we got to go to break. There's always Cam. Cam, can you There's, see Cam in New England? No. I can't. I couldn't only because and, and because of Josh. Josh, if you go back, Josh has a history with strong-willed players, and he does not do well with strong-willed players. And I think Cam would come in here and be fine, but I personally think that he and Josh would not get along that well. Okay. So, you know, I I I think it would be great, and I think you know for Patriots fans it would be um, interesting because <laughs> right <laughs> because, you know. Not all of them are as open-minded um, That's as true. some other places might be. No, um, Boston is not. <laughs> well, you know, I, I feel like my city gets a little bit of a... Bad rap. Yeah. Rough rap. Oh, I, only because, 
you know, I've heard people say this before, like, how do we grade the most racist city? Like, what criteria are we reusing, we really? That's um, true. That's at any true. Rate, I mean, there's just different there's different ways of measuring it. Like here you can, it's more economic racism. Um, mm-hmm. if we really want to go far afield. Um, like the difference between the net worth of the average white family in Boston and the net worth of the average black family in Boston. It's right. like gross. Um, but you know, I, I would love to see him here and I would make time to get to more Patriots games and Patriots training camp. If that ever came to pass, because I just, you know, as you know, in, in journalism, we're not really supposed to be fans, but I'm a fan of Cam's, and, and partly because I just, like I said, I want to see him come back and just and basically smack the whole league and be like, oh, you were ready to write me off, but yeah. you all wrote me off way too soon. Right. Shalice, man, thank you so much, man. You you were great today, and and like I say again, I'm I'm gonna cherish every time I got you because I know the other <laughs> networks are gonna call and bring you back on, and you you'll become a celebrity, you'll become even more of a celebrity than you are. So, thank you so much today, and uh, we 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 definitely getting you back around once if football ever comes back. For sure, for sure, Chris. I um, you know, I hope every all your listeners are staying safe and and doing the best they can during these times. And, and we'll talk soon because the NFL does not want to pause. Right. <laughs> that's true. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Shalise Mansa Young for, for Yahoo Sports. You can find her on Yahoo.com, Yahoo Sports. So thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Chris Murray Report on WRD Radio, 96.1 FM, 900 AM. And we're streaming live on WRDRadio.com. And find us on social media platforms at OnWord. We'll be right back. Support independent black media and join the forward movement now at 215-425-7875 or visit wordradio.com. Always Best Care is a great place to work. Flexibility. Leadership. Purpose. Great benefits. There's never a dull moment. Diversity. Inclusion. Compassion. We love our jobs. If you're looking for a great place to work, you can join our compassionate Team Green. You can apply online at teamgreenabc.com or call 267-909-9248. Teamwork makes me work. work is never done. You care for the house, the kids, and our future. We're so grateful for all you do. Now, it's time to care for yourself and save a little more for retirement. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to boost your retirement savings now. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro today. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Family Therapy Vignette Moments with Dr. Lucille Ijoy. Get your child a tutor. By now, you may know if your child is doing well or struggling in school or in college with subjects like math, reading, science, English. This could be a disappointing time in a family's life. A private tutor for a few sessions could help turn things around. Calm down, parents. I know if you could, you would do everything to help your child become an A student if you could. If I could. Listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. Ah, yes, the world and earth, third from the sun of a gun. 360 degrees, and as new worlds emerge, stay alert, stay aware, watch the eagle, watch the bear. Earthquaking, foundation shaking, bias breaking, new day making change. Accumulating, liberating, educating, stimulating change. Tomorrow was born yesterday. From inside the rib or the people cage, the era of our first blood stage was blotted or erased or TV screened and defaced. Remember, there's a revolution going on in the world. 
One blood of early morning revolved to the one idea of our tomorrow. Homeboy, hold on. Now more than ever, all the family must come together. Ideas of freedom and harmony, great civilization yesterday brought today wow. will bring. That, ladies and gentlemen, is yeah, legendary yeah, Gil Scott Heron. His birthday is coming up on April 1st. I think he would have been, It's uh, he was born in 1949, so that makes him, how old, about 79, I want to say, if he, is, if he was still living, or 69. My math is, huh? 79. I think my math is off a little, a little bit. Um, and anyway, uh, or, he may, or he would be 80, I think, 70 or 80 years old. I'm not really sure. But anyway, Gil Scott Heron, man, that guy's a legend in, in the game of music. I, I'm sorry, he just is. Is there somebody else on the other line for me, or is that? Oh, Daryl Bell. Oh, Daryl. Okay, we had, oh, we'll bring in Daryl Bell on at the end of the show. And, um, you know, Chime in with Daryl. Bring bring bring, no, yeah, bring in Daryl. Daryl, how are you, brother? Hey, hey. I'm just hunkered down. You hunkering? Just like, everyone, just like everyone else should be, you know. This is a very, very scary time. Got to be prayered up and do the smart things in life. Okay. Well, so how are you, first man, of all? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, we're having a little fun. I'm having some fun here. We were talking about... And I want to yield the balance of our show to just, we're going to have the callers call in. And I'm glad you called in and all that. I really am because, you know, you know the city, you know, you know the city's sports history probably a whole lot better than I, not probably, definitely a lot better than I do. And um, we were talking about great moments, whether it's activism, we were talking about whether it's, who, who are some of the great players in Philadelphia sports that for some reason or, or other were great players in high school, great schoolyard legends, but never quite made it into the, either the college or the pro ranks and everything. Who are some of the guys that are, and I'm also kind of relying on the community because while, as I serve as a radio host and I've been a journalist in this community, I want to learn as much as I can because I don't know all the all the good stories and all the things. And I got I always like to learn those things. When I go, if I'm in D.C. or Baltimore, New York, or whatever, Detroit, places, or Milwaukee, wherever I've ever you know set foot. I want to know who are the legends who play because because the point is there are a lot of great players who we never saw but everybody else saw them in the community. So think of so I was wondering if if you could tell me of some guys that you knew that you knew coming up playing basketball who might have been even greater than some of the guys in this town and this is a heavy legacy of sports here that got the recognition or who who didn't get the recognition that say other guys did the other guys did. Well, I mean that that's a kind of loaded question. I say that because you know what sport are you talking about? Football. Oh, well, let's, 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 talk, let's talk about basketball. Basketball is the most, I would say, the most popular sport in this town. Basketball by far, even more than okay. baseball or football. Although for, football is a good, this is a good pro football town, not necessarily a high school football town. But we're gone. But well, you know, right off the bat. A good friend of mine, who was a high school legend, Andre McCarter. Andre, I've heard of Andre McCarter a little bit, you but ha, you might have heard of Andre McCarter, but you didn't see Andre McCarter. Andre McCarter was the truth, nothing but the truth. Okay, okay. Andre McCarter was the number one player in the country, mm-hmm. and he went to UCLA. I remember. And then, he would, then he would say that he that was a mistake. For him, but he will not tell you that because he got a degree from there. Mm-hmm. He won a national championship there. Right. He played a minute in the NBA. Right. But they changed his game around uh, from what he he started Overbook High School. And many of your older listeners will tell you, you know, you you can talk about the Gene Banks and uh, uh, the Rasheed Wallace's, Lewis Lloyd. Uh, Lewis Lloyd, you could talk about, you know, uh, uh, Will, you could talk about, but this guy, when you want to start your your your, your top five basketball players in the city as a mm-hmm. legend, he would be one. Uh, you have Reggie Jackson, a I, good friend of mine. Who's I remember, player. now, Reggie Jackson, I do remember, played at Maryland, and I, he, I heard he, he was a prolific scorer at Roman. Reggie. Oh my gosh, Reggie Jackson 
Reggie Jackson's career began at Old St. Tommy Moore, and mm-hmm. then he went to Roman, where he was he and Eggy Clarence Eggy Tillman were the first McDonald's All American. I'm sorry, they would have been the second and third because mm-hmm. Gene Banks was the first. He was in that first class, uh, but Reggie put on a show when there was. When you didn't even know it was a show. Right. Uh, Lefty Drizel would come to the games, and he just about camped at Roman games. And wow. what hurt Reggie's game was that when he went there, uh, Albert King and mm-hmm. Buck Williams were already at Maryland. Ernie so Graham. Had, or... Ernie, right. He had to change his game around. Mm-hmm. But he started, I believe two Sweet 16 games, and he never missed a game as a player. So he had a good college career. He got his degree, and he's doing well. He's done, he, he, he may not have gotten the recognition of being a superstar in college that he was in high school, but he was on. He's yeah. True. He's yeah. true. Yeah, well, actually, Reggie, Reggie, you know, um, Reggie Jackson was in what he was. He was in my first African American studies class at Maryland when I was a freshman, and I remember, I remember right when we used to eat. You know, I used, I used to see him in in the cab. You know, I I, I was I kind of felt the same. I, I felt. You know, I always believe that that some colleges are just. You mentioned Andre McCarter going to UCLA. I think that that some colleges. I think that some colleges, you know, you don't, um, everybody, like, for example, I remember when, when a, a Baltimore legend, Quentin Daly. Um, oh, cute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quentin, when Quentin Daly went to the University of San Francisco, I thought he was headed to North Carolina State because I used to see a lot of stuff from North Carolina State along with uh, Sidney Lowe and, you know, Derek Wittenberg, and I thought he was going there. But he ended up, you know, people people looked at us like, why San Francisco? Well, he became an All American at San Francisco, and he didn't really. Well, and he, I, had, he had a guy from here who was also a playground legend, who was Kobe Bryant's uncle, Chevy Cox. Yeah, who went to San Francisco. Yeah, I so, yeah, I, I mean. But see, but 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 you see the point that guys like Reggie Jackson, Andre McCarter, it seems like sometimes you can go, you can be a great athlete and go to the wrong school, and you know, and then you and then you get like Bo Kimball and Hank Gathers, God rest his soul, um, going to a, a place like Loyola Marymount and making them great. And you know, we haven't heard anything from, from Loyola Marymount since those Philly kids, you know, left in their own unique ways. And it's just, you know, I find that really interesting. We got Timothy from South Philadelphia. Tim, what's going on, man? Hey, hey you know what? You got a good conversation going on here, brother. You do you do a good job. Well, man, thank you. you. That's right. When you think of Philadelphia, you think about a boxing town, mm-hmm. a basketball town, and a music town. No doubt. Without a doubt, I was at the Orange and Blue at West Philadelphia High School from '77 to '79. Okay. Oh uh, well, we got some uh-huh. problems. See, I'm a hilltop baby. Oh God, here we go over Brooklyn, West Philly. Love it. Nothing but love, but, but, but Chris, there's nothing but love because most of the people from Oakbrook knew everyone from West. Right. It was a neighborhood rivalry that beat all rivalries. University but, uh, might try to step in, or Barcher might step in, but there was nothing like a Brook West. Am I right or wrong, my man? Look, let me tell you something, brother. Listen to this. Um, you know this is true. I would tell you, we had Mikey Powell. We had, people don't they forget about Daryl Warwick. Oh, my God. People came right. to the game and said, You're talking about people right. game and said, I thought that was Gene Banks. I said, that's Daryl Warwick. Listen to me. <laughs> you had Mikey Powell, Daryl Warwick. You had Eggy Clarence. Best team in the city. Let me, let me let the man talk. Let the man talk. Let me talk. Listen to this. Listen to this, right? And we were when we were rolling with Overbrook, right? I would tell anybody this, and they might deny it. I said that to me, Darrell Warwick was more of an accurate shooter and scorer than Banks. But Banks made you look at him because he played so hard. He would go, I believe, in a locker. He had to bring his underwear, his shorts, and his jersey out in the sneakers. But here's the thing. And here's a, this, this is a mistake I thought that most teams made when they played us at West. 
that they would try to double-team Gene Banks. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. But then they found that all of them could do the same thing. That was mm-hmm. the problem. They said, all oh, them guys were bad. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I see them play, Bartram, University, they look like grown men playing children. They mm-hmm. were so uh, uh, just mature. Now, listen to this. Mm-hmm. I went from the orange and blue mm-hmm. at, uh, uh, at uh, West to the orange and blue thinking. And mm-hmm. I used to watch television my freshman year as mm-hmm. a freshman, watch Gene Banks at Duke. Right. I seen G- Gene Banks put Duke on the map, and they offered him over a million dollars, a couple million dollars his junior year to leave. And his parents did what your parents and my parents would do. They said, no, let him get his degree. Right. Now, and that was important. See, that was important. Now, now the other thing about it is, is that, I'm going to tell you this, as good as West was, we could never beat the records of Wally Jones and Will Chamberlain. We just couldn't do it. Right. Overbrook. That was Overbrook. Now, and you got to think about a Will Chamberlain and a Wally Jones playing with the Warriors, because that's another situation. Right. And Will Chamberlain goes to California. Well, he played with the Warriors, then he goes to California. And Bill Russell goes out west. That's all important. You got to understand the racism that existed. Yeah, because that's right. You know, Russell went also went to. I think it, uh, he he went to. Uh, did he go to San Francisco or Seattle? University of Seattle. I'm trying. One to, of I, those. One of those. He went to San Francisco. Who went to Frisco? Okay, so yeah, that's interesting. And of course, you know, Chamberlain went to Kansas, and 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 they lost in overtime to a team that Dean Smith played. Well, I think was Dean Smith was Dean Smith his team was his teammate at, at Kansas, right? Um, yeah, no, I don't know about all that, but he lost his championship at against North Carolina State. That was an overtime game. Yeah, North Carolina, uh, right. UNC. So, let me tell you this part. Let me tell you, the other part was is that Gene Banks and Lewis Lloyd would do things that most athletes couldn't do today. You might, They might have a little bit of money. They might participate in Starbucks. They might set up a center. But Gene Banks would come home and play in the summer league sometimes and be get back to the community where he started. Here was the mistake came in. One day he was playing one summer, and guess what happened? What happened? He injured himself and blew his knee. Ooh, yeah. See, My mother was his knee, it was his Achilles. But, Achilles, yeah. right, exactly. Exactly. Mm. So I'm saying that you have to have in your mind how we give today and how we gave back then. But my thing is, is that we still have to give like that now with money and talent. You know, so this is a great story, man. And one day you got to do boxing. Oh, I'm gonna do, do boxing. Music. You know that. You gotta do music, man. Oh yeah. Well, you you, well, you know I'm gonna do. You know I'm gonna do boxing, I, and I'll do music. I, I'll 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 throw in, even though it's a sports show. I'll do. I'll throw in music. But um, Timothy, I gotta you thank. Know, I'll tell you why we gotta do music. Cause guess what? We had a band, but Old Book had a bad band too. We had a band. Listen, listen. Chuck Gamble graduated with me at West. Okay. Kenny Gamble's nephew and Overbrook. Had a bad band. They had a fashion show with the ladies. Oh my God! They had a fashion show out of this okay. world. So, yeah. so that whole situation, man, is that's you know. Let me tell you something. Philadelphia is on the map, but it'll be bigger. That's the problem is DC is on one side of New York. Philadelphia has its own identity. First yeah. White House has its own identity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- t- Tim, I hate I hate to cut you off, but a we gotta go to break, and I got other calls. So thank you so much for you for the call today. Uh, everybody hang on with me. I know y'all are waiting to chime at the bit to get in here, but we got to go to break. We got to pay the bills. So you're listening to the Chris Murray Report on WURD Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM, streaming live on WURDradio.com. And, of course, follow us on social media at both Twitter and Facebook onward, and we're streaming live on Facebook. We'll be right back. Enterprise exterminators will evaluate and eliminate whatever pest problems you may have, specializing in bed bugs, fleas, mice, and roaches. Do-it-yourself kits available. Hurry down to 4943 Wayne Avenue now. 215-849-7070. Tune in every Saturday at 6 p.m. to Recovery Talk 101 with your host, Rick Ford, talking about addiction, treatment, and recovery right here on Word Radio. This is Word Radio, independent black media. This Women's History Month vignette is brought to you by Pico. In celebration of Women's History Month, Word Radio celebrates women marching forward, activists, organizers, and black women who contributed to women having the right to vote. 
In 1920, the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution granted American women the right to vote. The movement known as women's suffrage relied on communities of women, including black women who worked for churches, newspapers, schools, and colleges to get their messages out, organize political societies, and host conventions contributing to the women's suffrage movement. Word Radio honors black women leaders and organizers who made significant contributions to 100 years of women's suffrage. This Women's History Month was brought to you by PICO, powering communities. You're listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. Oh, what's happening, CC? They still call it the White House, but that's a temporary condition, too. Can you dig it, CC? To each is reach, and if I don't cop, it ain't mine to have. But I'll be reaching for you, because I love you, CC. Right on. There's a lot of chocolate cities uh, around. We've got Newark, we've got Gary. Somebody told and me we, we got, got Philly too. Don't forget Philly. Don't forget Philly. <laughs> That's right. Chocolate City, baby. Chocolate City. All right. Okay. On the phone, we got Dr. Eugene from down in Maryland. And uh, Dr. Eugene, first of all, how are you today? I listen to you every Saturday. That I listen to you, Chris, is that, as I understand it, you are a great professor over there at Bowie State University. Well, uh, thank you. I, I, heard, I heard a lot of great things about you, but today I want to talk to you about LeBron James. Okay. Now, this story is going to fascinate you and all okay. of your listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm a 78-year-old black man living in Clinton, Maryland. Okay. Recently, I received a letter not an email, but a letter from the LeBron James. And essentially what LeBron James said to me, Chris, is this, Dr. Williams, I am your fan. And he told me about things that he was doing for the summer. I was really, really surprised that he'd be sending a letter. First of all, I'm trying to figure out how he got my home address. Now, put a pin in that. I want everybody to put a pin in that and listen very carefully. Some years ago, I decided to read Shooting Stars by LeBron James uh-huh. because I wanted to write a book on LeBron James. Right. And as a result of that, Chris, I decided to write a book. And I wrote a book when he left Cleveland. You know when they harassed him and all that when he went to Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the infamous decision or famous decision. I wouldn't call it infamous. Yeah. He's just a man taking control of his life well, like, 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 like we all want to. What happened was this. I have a buddy who, uh, and he and I appeared on a, uh, a show out of uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. And the uh, host asked me, say, well, what do you think about LeBron James? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Quickly, I said, we're going to write a book about him. So we wrote this book. I wrote this book. Words crossing across, word search on LeBron James, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's all on Amazon.com, and it's used all over the all over the country. And I think that this will be a good book for kids who are cooped up in their homes, especially those who are fans to read, and adults as well. Now, mm-hmm. So I received this letter from LeBron James. My wife and I are just so elated. Mm-hmm. I wrote him. And this is what I said. Dear young man, you are my fan. I said, I'm sending you something because that's the way I am. I give gifts. I said, I'm sending you a T-shirt. And on this T-shirt is lift every voice and sing. I said, I have designed this T-shirt because people told me after I gave it away to kids all over Prince George's County and in D.C., somebody told me, so you can make money off that T-shirt. So I designed, uh, well, I designed it. And then I sent it to LeBron, and I said it to LeBron in the letter, LeBron, thank you so very much for saying that I, uh, that you, you were my fan. 
Mm. And I said, I want you to wear this T-shirt and wear it with pride. Now, beyond that, Chris, this, this is an interesting story. It's a God-given story. Yeah. And let me tell you what happened. Well, okay, here, here's the thing. I got it. If you can get to it, because I got, I got a oh, couple I'm gonna of... Get to it, I'm going to get to it real quickly. Okay. Real quickly. A lady said to me, Dr. Williams, you can tell, tell that T-shirt. And so now, if you go to redbubble.com, go to redbubble.com, type in lift every voice and sing, and look at Eugene Williams' items. I have about 13 items with my logo on it. And so you see, this is an interesting story. And thanks to you, Chris, for allowing me to share this. And my website is lifteveryvoiceandsing.org. Anybody listening can give me a call. Thank you, Chris. All right. No problem. All right, yeah, because uh, one of the things that, that, that Dr. Eugene has been pushing is the fact that he would like to see that song being sung as a part of the national anthem and, and people, and it's something that's done quite widely in the MEAC and, and other places. And so that, that's interesting that, you know, he brings that up now. Um, so we got uh, another call we have um, with us is Mo from North Philadelphia. Mo, what's your contribution? Who, who are some of your favorite Philly high school well, basketball players? Well, in 1971 city championship in, in the city had two of the best players in the country. Who was yeah, that? Out of McCall, Overbrook, and Mo Howard out of St. Joe's Prep. Oh, I remember Mo Howard. He played yeah. Yeah, for, former Terrapin. Yes, Mo Howard. Mo Howard is a heck of a player. Yeah, because I remember we went to I went to Roman, and uh, I think he started out there and prep offered him a scholarship. Right. And he came back. It, it was called a trader right at the game. Right. Right. So we 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 went um. The following year, seventeen, my sophomore year, we walked from Roman over to seventeen to ride. We told them white boy, y'all can't walk with us. Cause we know everybody down Franklin, North Philly. Y'all right. might get moved. Y'all better catch the bus or something. So we walked over there. And so they, they warmed up before the game. He was the first person I ever see do a layup dunk. I mean, backwards. I mean, he was off the ground, right? Mm. But Roman had a player that didn't get no recognition. That somehow, a guy named Dave Henderson. Okay. Dave Khalid. Right. And then uh, another guy was in my French 2 class. Uh, he, my friend went to the same grade school with Zane Mason. And, and Zane uh, Roma won their uh, first city championship of the 70s when they wow. played uh, West Philly. It was the lowest scoring game. I was at that game. Wow. And, uh, they beat West Philly 30-35. But the following year, that's when that Gene Banks era started. And, right. Uh, they played at the Seagull class that moved from Atlantic City to the Palestra. Right. And the championship game was between Roman and, and West. And West beat Roman by, by like thirty one points. Mm. And I mean they, they I mean they killed them, man. Wow. But but, uh, but I wanna ask both of y'all, how does it NCAA tournament become more prestige than the NIT? Well, I can answer that and I'll let Daryl answer it next. Um I think that the NCAA became you know, we got about three minutes. Um became more prestigious mainly because of of television and the fact that it was I think there's a lot of factors in my opinion UCLA winning all those games in a row um, it, it became it became big it also became big when I think in 68 TVS uh, had a game it was a small network off-brand network called TVS and they had a big game between um, between University of Houston with Elvin Hayes and Lou Alcinder. And that game supposedly, and Daryl, if you disagree, jump in. But Daryl may have a different perspective of it. But they, but, but then again, they met, in the, and Houston won that game in the Astrodome. But, you know, UCLA came back and beat Houston in the uh, in the championship game. But it was really, but, it, but the thing that put college basketball really on the map, of course, in my opinion, was Magic versus Bird 1979. And right. that, that, that pretty much, the NCAA blew up to the point to where CBS now will pay billions for that. Daryl, what's your, what's your, um, your um, perspective on that? Uh, Chris, I tell you, he's talking about a good friend of mine, Mo Howard. Yeah, right. Mo Howard. Uh, ask Mo Howard how it felt to go against David Thompson because he would D him up. Right, right. Sports Illustrated shot of him going, they're both going straight up. Right. And it, it was it was a fantastic shot. Mo 
spent a little time in the league. Uh, Mo was like Andre in a way, right? But they're both outstanding players, outstanding Philly players. Uh, man, man, Mo Howard's a heck of a player. I mean yes, that, was. but but let me ask. So so you know you know Mo wants to know how it is that the NCAA became bigger than the IIT. Remember the IIT at one time was the big was the big deal. Funny. Money. Money, okay. Money. Money is, money rules. Right. You know, it's just like anything else. That's how that happened. The NIT was the game. And then you had a little scandal, if I'm not mistaken. Then all of a sudden. Talk about uh, New, York, New York NYU sports fans. Oh, God. Now, that that's our signal. We we are out of time. Man, it was a great show today. Daryl, good, good as always having you here and all that. Um... You know, everybody else who called in today, like thanks Shalise Mansi Young from Yahoo Sports and everybody who contributed to here today. Thank you so much for calling in and keep supporting us. Uh, please, you know, call the show. Tell everybody we're doing a good job. And, um, you know. Hey, you got Len Bias. Yeah, Len Bias. Yeah. So in any in any event, um, we'll, we'll, we will see you back here next week on the Chris Murray Report on WRD 96.1 FM 900 AM streaming live on WRDRadio.com social media Twitter and Facebook on at OnWord we will see you guys next week have a great weekend stay safe swag check out the shop tab on wordradio.com hoodies tees and more in a variety of colors the shop tab on wordradio.com show the world that you're all about black talk media across three venues and over 1900 of the world's most sought after performers and artists the kimmel center cultural campus is a place that fuels creativity ignites minds and provides inspiration building the city's vibrant art scene takes an extraordinary staff and the kimmel center cultural campus has openings now from internship opportunities to volunteer positions to careers and customer service marketing and even behind the scenes check out their current list of openings and opportunities at kimmelcenter.org Clark Roofing Company has over 30 years of quality roofing experience, providing exceptional customer service, honesty, and professionalism. Clark Roofing is a second-generation master roofer, installing top-quality roofing systems for commercial and residential properties across the tri-state area. Ask about our word discount. For fast, dependable service, call 215-365-ROOF. That's 215-365-7663. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-694-1135. 800-694-1135. That's 800-694-1135. Want the latest in word swag? Check out the shop tab on wordradio.com. Hoodies, tees, and more in a variety of colors. The shop tab on wordradio.com. Show the world that you're all about black. Talk media. In Pennsylvania, everyone counts, and everyone needs to participate in the census. Our population count determines our voice in government and how much federal funding our communities receive for health care, food assistance, education, transportation, housing, and more. So every infant and child, every foreign and U.S. citizen, everyone matters. For a stronger future, we all need to count. To learn more, go to pa.gov census. Home of the happy hour. The happy hour. With Sincerely Sarita. This is Word Radio. 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD Philadelphia. Streaming live at 
wordradio.com and on the Word Radio app. The views and opinions expressed by the guests, listeners, and hosts of any program on Word Radio do not necessarily reflect those of ownership, management, or advertisers of this station. Need a new mattress? Stop by to see.